The Mountain Woman Radio Show is brought to you by FermentTools.com. Fermentation. Preservation. Enjoy. You're listening to The Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at TreyerWilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Welcome, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me here on the Mountain Woman Radio Show. I am really blessed to have a wonderful guest on today. As I mentioned last week and have been been promising, we have some really awesome guests upcoming, and um This particular guest I have been friends with for a good while, and we've just instantly connected and always have a good time chatting, and I'm so feeling so very blessed to have her join me today on the radio show. She has a lot to offer. You've also heard me mention her before with her uh, in the gardening uh, podcast that I did with her unique way of doing the outdoor um, podcast. starting of the seeds uh, using her milk jug. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Jessica Lane. She is from the 104 Homestead. And uh, Jessica, thanks so, so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, Tammy. I'm looking forward to this. (laughs) It'll be fun. She has a lot of really awesome, awesome stuff to share. She's got a lot of really great things going on. And you can find her, for those of you that are mobile and driving, um, an easy way to remember how to find her, treyerwilderness.com slash 104homestead. And I will have all of her links to everything in the show notes so you can connect with her after the show as well. Um... But uh, Jessica, I'd like I'd love to have you just share your story, how you got started, what made you start your website with with my audience. All right. Well, um, it actually was completely accidental. Um, I was a working mom with two children and expecting my third, and we had a layoff at my work suddenly, and I realized that you know we're about to go from two incomes down to one, and how are we going to do that? Because I was one of those parents that got convenience foods and, you know, went out and bought everything. And so I didn't know how to save money. And so I started researching and making my own products at home, starting with, you know, laundry detergents and cleaners for the house. And then starting with real food cooking because I realized it stretched my dollar further. And um, after a while, I realized that that was kind of the lifestyle I wanted to live. I kind of had prairie... uh, Little House on the Prairie going through my head that I wanted that. And so um, I started to branch out quite a bit. And um, one night I actually told my husband I thought we should get chickens. And he thought that that was the most ridiculous idea because I don't eat meat and I don't eat eggs. And I didn't point out to him that I do eat eggs, just not on their own. I just thought, you know, how cute would it be to have just three hens running around the yard? (laughs) Well, uh, now we're... We're a year later, and we have 20 birds, chickens and ducks. We're getting quail this summer, and uh, 
I'm thinking about getting some rabbits, too, because why not? Yep. So uh, my, my idea of just having a few running around the yard has kind of become taking over my lifestyle. So uh, we've learned to branch out. I garden now um, so that I can grow a lot of our food. We have um, the main winters are very short, but the winter sowing that you were just talking about really helps spread that out and stuff, get a head start on the season, and it's working out well for us. Awesome. Awesome. And isn't it funny? And and the best, how we start out, we start out slow and then it just kind of, it's the snowball effect. And and I always encourage my audience, you know, to start out slow because you can very easily overwhelm yourself with all these things and trying to do too much at one time. But it will definitely take its course and it will grow at, you know, you look back and you'll shake your head at how things have grown. How about it? Well, that definitely, um, that hit the nail on the head. My first blog post I ever wrote is called Piece of Paper. And what it was, I had so many things that I wanted to do once I realized that this was the lifestyle I wanted, but I couldn't do it all in one year. You know, I couldn't just go out and be a homesteader. I had to plan for it. And so I broke down the seasons and picked two or three goals that I wanted to have each season um, that I could be working towards. And so that's what started the blog. I, I really didn't think I was going to be a blogger. I just wanted to write down my thoughts and everything. And a year and a half later, I've got quite a large blog with sharing all the things that I've learned to do and things that didn't work and how I manage on doing non-traditional homesteading. So. Yep, that's so awesome. And that's that's just it. You know, I mean, ours started by accident as well, Jessica. We were really, my blog was started to keep our family back in Pennsylvania pacified while we were living in a canvas wall tent and building our home in the middle of the wilderness out here. So it was, it's just funny how things, you know, turn into something and um, you never know what, what our purpose is, but you are obviously reaching an awful lot of people. Her blog is amazing. Her posts are amazing. And I think you will thoroughly enjoy what she has to share. And knowing that, you know, you have a source of, of information that is sharing what has worked and what hasn't worked is so huge. We do the same. And it's so important to know, to know that we say, you know, you save people a lot of time, Jessica, by sharing that information and letting them know, you know, things that have failed. Um, that's, that's huge. And there's so many people that are needing our guidance to do what we've done. You know, we started out and, and in learning mode as well, but there's so many people that are in the same boat and, and, and every day there's more people, you know, realizing that they need to be able to be more self-sustaining. Well, yeah, and that's what's made me want to branch out into different platforms. It got me into writing books. Um, my first book that I did, Chicken Hot Topics, Controversial Husbandry Issues, was because sometimes the Internet is almost too much mm-hmm. to handle. Um, when I got chickens, you know, I, I'm, I live in the village. There are people that keep chickens around here. I'm <laughs> kind of solo on that. And so I didn't have somebody I could ask, somebody with experience that I trusted. And there's just so much conflicting information of people thinking that their way is the right way or the only way. And um, so I wanted to research. I wanted to find out what is the best way to do these things, especially those hot-button issues like heating the chicken coop or adding lighting, what we feed our chickens. You know, that was I wanted to find concrete proof as to what the best method was. And I still believe even with research, you need to do what works for you. I mean, square foot 
gardening is great, but if you don't have enough room for square foot gardening, you have to make do with what you have or what feels right to you. So that was kind of the goal of, of that book. Awesome. Well, and it is an awesome book, folks. I will be posting a review on that on our website in the next two weeks. And, and she's right. And I've expressed that before with the internet just being so overwhelming. And sometimes the information you find isn't always correct. So there's a lot of people that are very quick to, you know, take what they find on the internet as golden and not research any further. And that's why I'm always saying, you know, make sure you're researching and finding the information in more than one place, you know, so that it's, you know, you're, you're finding quality information and it is nice to be able to find a resource that provides all the information. And, and her book is really, really very well written and covers from soup to nuts with the chickens. So, you know, I will definitely have that in the show notes that for those of you that are raising chickens or thinking about raising chickens, uh, you definitely want to check this book out. The other thing that I wanted to mention too, is one of the things she mentioned is, um, being able to do things, um, that work for you, you will find that because like she lives in Maine, I live in Idaho, you know, there are things that we may have to adjust, um, on the fly even that are going to, you know, work differently for us, depending on the weather. This year is a perfect example of that with this unusual weather we've been having. How, what have you been experiencing, um, in Maine, Jessica? Oh, we have had horrible weather this winter. We had, um, we usually have snow around Halloween. Um, kids are wearing snowsuits underneath their Halloween costumes, and this year we just weren't getting the snow. We were getting freezing cold temperatures, though, and, you know, we were all crossing our fingers for a white Christmas, and it didn't happen, and then January arrived, and, and now I'm looking out at about four and a half feet of snow and no wow. hope of recovery anytime soon. <laughs> wow. So, you, see, every, everybody on the East Coast, has our winter we have had the warmest winter out here i don't know what the what in a long time let's just say that because i don't know how long it's been but this is so unheard of i mean we are making record temperatures every day and it's because it's in the 60s and not in the you know 20s you know idaho is is not an excessively cold state but and we'll have a couple um you know, maybe a week or so of negative temperatures here and there, but um, it's typically 20s, 30s. But, I mean, we've been in, in like, T-shirts and, and or even just long-sleeve shirts outside and are comfortable. It's been pretty crazy. Oh, I wish we could say the same here. I've had my kids bundled up like they're going to the Arctic to get on the school bus. So <laughs> it's, it's been cold even by Maine standards lately. Yes, and I I miss the snow. We got a little bit of snow um, but it was when I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't able to get out and go snowshoeing. And I absolutely love snowshoeing. Our first winter here, we got in the house finally and it dumped 36 inches of snow in, in one snowfall. So I missed that. So you're sitting there with all my snow. <laughs> and we've been snowshoeing oh, nice. quite a bit. Actually, um, what's cute is, again, I live right in the village. I mean, I'm a block from our town center. I will strap on my snowshoes and walk down the sides of the road where it hasn't been plowed, yep. and my ducks will follow along. So I'm that crazy lady that walks through town with a line of ducks following behind. <laughs> that is but. great. That is so great. And you have to understand that Jessica is also how she's expecting. And how far along are you right now? Six months. So she's snowshoeing. A little over six months. That is so great. Nothing's stopping us, right, Jessica? 
No, no, I am a woman on a mission. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how many children do you currently have, Jessica? I have three children. I have two younger boys and an older daughter. Okay. All right. So, and do you homeschool them as well? I do not. I thought about it, and, you know, we lucked out for a really great school system that has the structure that both of my kids need. Um, My middle child's special needs, he's got ADHD, and the structure of a school versus my lack of structure at home um, actually ended up being a really great option for him. And we're also blessed to have our our high school is actually a private school. So we have one of the leading schools in the Northeast that our kids get to go to for free for high school, which is really a great option for us. Nice. Nice. And you did Um, say you were getting... So during the day, I only have the one. Okay. Okay. And you did say you were getting them on the school bus, so that was my zoning out on you there. But but that's awesome. And obviously okay. there was a reason to mention that. So that's that's great. And and like you said, every with working with what we have and what works best for us because with my son being autistic, it worked better to um be out of the um, environment where it was overwhelming and overstimulating for him. But that's really awesome that your son is finding a great place there because it really makes a difference. They learn so much better when they're in a good environment and and the teaching is, is good for them. So that's awesome. Yes, we've lucked out with some really great teachers that have worked well with him. And the school opens up a lot of opportunities for, like, extracurriculars. He's gotten into karate. He's working on his blue belt right now. Awesome. So, um that was a really great opportunity for him as well, and it helps burn off some of that energy before he comes home, so it <laughs> yeah. worked out well. Oh, that's awesome. I, I do have to say that part of the things with him, we've managed on controlling a lot of what they call the ADHD behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that has to do with his diet yeah. and using oils, essential oils, to take care of things that we would have normally medicated for. Awesome. Um, I've noticed that now that we've taken him off a lot of medications, he just seems to be performing naturally. You know, is he the perfect stand-up kid all the time? No, but but what nine-year-old boy is, you know? Exactly. Um, it's, it's allowed him to be him in a natural, healthy way, which is really what drew me to doing the whole essential oils, you know, thing. Yep, yep. And that is that is so awesome. I see exactly now why I got you on this on this bunny trail because um, I would love to know um, if you don't mind sharing what have been some of the things in the diet that you have changed and what oils have you found that have helped him because that's exactly what we did with my son and I was always very big on not medicating. I just didn't want to medicate. There's too many side effects and and I just I didn't want him to be totally in a zone all the time in order for him to exist. I wanted him to be healthier, like you said. So if you don't mind sharing that, I would love it and I know my audience would probably gain so much from it. Yeah, that would be great. Um, With dietary changes, we've taken out the food colorings. That People think it's a myth, but food coloring does affect children with ADHD. It affects all children, Um, as do a lot of the fake sugars that they put into things, the artificial sweeteners. Um, We are a real sugar house. We we actually use quite a bit of it, but not enough that it's unhealthy. But um, I found India food tree or India tree food dyes are natural food dyes, which we can use so that foods are still fun for him. You know, when we do cupcakes, we can still have the colored frosting, but he doesn't have that rise and crash that he had before. 
And for oils, a lot of it is just, you know, if he has a headache, we don't pop a Tylenol. If he's got a weird rash, we don't put some sort of antibiotic cream on it. You know, it's, we try to keep things natural. Um, In fact, he had this, this rash on his neck for the longest time, not really a rash, a discoloration. And he had gone to his regular doctor and a specialist, and they could not figure out what it was, although they kept trying to treat it, not knowing what it was. They gave us all these creams with steroids and who knows what else. And uh, so I sat down at my computer and researched all different things that had to do with that discoloration, you know, things that lighten the skin, things that help with eczema or skin damage. And uh, I mixed a whole bunch of them together into this cream, into this hard lotion bar that I make, and uh, it cleared it up in like a week. I mean, we had been fighting this for six months, and this lotion bar fixed it in a week, you know? It's never come back. Yep. That is so awesome because that is what is awesome about the natural health is that it treats it. It doesn't, you know, uh, hide it. And and I've had the same experience when I was 14. And they wanted to give me a third cortisone shot in a two-month period to clear up a rash also that they didn't know what it was. And it ended up being that my body had too much acid in it. And my mom had taken me to a holistic doctor. He spent 15 minutes with me and told me that, you know, my body was... Uh, not breaking down acid and it was moving from internally out onto my skin and he gave me herbs to take in within three days it was gone so and you know so that was when it opened my eyes so it's it's amazing to be able to add natural health products and make your own natural health products um, to be able to help your family Uh, we we do need to take a short break here but this is a perfect lead-in to when we return Uh, Jessica has some amazing things that we can share so we're going to take a short break and uh, we will be right Back. The new Pioneer Magazine, taking the skills and techniques of yesteryears and combining it with solar, hydroponics, and various other advancements of today, creating the most robust pioneering magazine on the market. In addition to the new Pioneer Magazine, they also have available the American Frontiersman Magazine, taking you back to a more primitive time, and both magazines can be found at newpioneermag.com. Get your copies today and be prepared for tomorrow. Do you have a loved one or are you suffering from celiac disease or a gluten intolerance? Trying to find that perfect flour? Whether you are baking cookies, flaky pie crusts, or baking breads from scratch, or you are looking for a quick cake from a package, look no further. Better Batter offers non-GMO gluten-free products with an assortment of packaged items as well as flour packaged in varying sizes including their bulk sizes, perfect for those of you that are practicing your preparedness skills. Better Batter's not just another gluten-free flour. It's what you have been searching for. Visit betterbatter.org. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Okay, we are back and we are visiting with Jessica Lane from 104 Homestead and she is sharing amazing information and we were just speaking about natural health and this is a great lead-in because Jessica has some really awesome new things going on and I will just open the floor up and let her share what she's got going on in the lines of natural health. Thank you, Tammy. Um, I Actually, I just wrote a second book now, um, Homemade Beauty Essentials, and it uses essential oils in our daily body care 
products that we make. Um, I make hard lotion bars, I make soaps and lip balms, and I try to use essential oils that have some sort of benefit. So you're not just buying a product that has a scent to it, you're, have, you're buying something that has therapeutic benefits as well. Awesome. The book was because of the fact that I really want to empower people to do for themselves. I mean, if you want to buy from me, that's fine, <laughs> but um, I, I really want people to have the confidence to make things themselves, to have the confidence to experiment with recipes, just like you would in a kitchen, but do it for your family as well, for the products that you use in your house. Yeah. So um, the Homemade Beauty Essentials is the first of what I'm hoping will be a series of books so that eventually you can replace all of your body care products in your home by making them by yourself. Mm-hmm. So that launched my store, the 104 Homemades, which is actually launching this weekend. Yay. Um, where you can buy the, yeah, you can buy the products, or you can buy the book, and the I've got little extra printouts that talk about, you know, what oils are safe during pregnancy, which ones are safe with children, so that you're informed and aware. And then I also have links to where I buy my supplies from uh, resources that I trust and I use. Awesome, awesome, and that's great information. So many people are afraid to dive in. There are people that are afraid to dive in in the kitchen and let alone making their own products, you know, like you are, uh, Jessica, and like I do. And it is, it's so much fun. I don't know about you. I'm sure you do just because I know you. Um, it's, it's such a fun thing to make your own products. I've made deodorant for my guys and lotion bars and soaps, and it's all in an effort, you know, to be able to be more sustaining, but also have the natural products because deodorants have so many bad chemicals in them. And it certainly does take trial and error sometimes to figure out what works best for your family. You know, everybody has a different body chemistry and, um, sometimes with the deodorants, you still have the stink factor, so you need to just go back to the chemistry lab there and, and re, remake it and, and use something a little different or maybe a little bit more of your essential oil to get the scent you need to eliminate the odors. But it's it's fun creating and playing. And that's one thing that, that's probably my favorite part of making my own products is I, I start off the book by telling you that you really can't screw this up. You just can't. I mean, it's... I give you the basic recipes. I give you how I prepare them. But then I remind people that, you know, when you're making soap, if it didn't come out the scent you wanted or you want it to lather more or be creamier, all you have to do is remelt it and you can add things to it or, you know, dilute things that you didn't like. I mean, I made deodorant today that I thought would smell so heavenly because lemongrass and and rose just seemed like it would be a great scent. And I put way too much lemongrass in it. It was... It was not good. It's like I just rolled around in a meadow. It was not a good good option for me. But all I did was I just stuck it back on the stove. You know, I, I got it out of the, de- the deodorant container, put it back on the stove for a little bit, added my other ingredients, not putting in more lemongrass. And now I have two sticks that actually smell good. So, I mean, you can't mess it up. And it's so much fun to experiment, especially with the essential oils. I mean, you've got so many wonderful scents out there that you can play around with. And again, you're getting benefits from them. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I I just, essential oils are amazing. I, I am so 
loving being able to incorporate them into everything we do as far as cooking and and they're so fast acting but their scents are amazing and to be able to put them in you know your beauty products and your deodorants you're gaining like you said not only the beautiful smells but the medicinal side of things as well and the aid in your natural health and preventative as well in a lot of things so that's awesome yeah, I'm not sure about you, Tammy, but for me, artificial scents actually drive me insane now. Yeah. I mean, going through the laundry department at a grocery store, it just it's fake and it smells chemical and it's overwhelming. And I think as a society, we're set on the fact that it has to smell strong to work or it has to smell strong to be good. Yeah. And it just doesn't. It's it's yes. not the way it's supposed to be. Yes, it's And I don't think you appreciate them as much when they're that strong. No, and it's fun it's that's so funny that you say that because I started making soaps and candles about four years ago when we got here only because my girlfriend gave me this little bar of soap and it was so pretty and I didn't want to use it. I wanted it to set there and I thought, How silly is that, you know, that we you get something and, and you don't use it, you just look at it. So I started making soaps so I could replace the pretty soaps, you know, and and the candles, I've always loved candles. I love having candles burning. I like the feel of them. I like the smell of them. And now it's so funny because I've always been using essential oils in my products. And um, there for a while I was using fragrances, certain fragrances in my um, candles. And it's so funny now because I don't, I loved them before, but I just so much would rather have the essential oil smell and the natural smell and knowing that I'm benefiting from it than just having that fragrance. And going down in the grocery store, going down that, that aisle, it, it makes me sick because it's so strong. It's so funny, but before it didn't bother me, but yeah, you know, you start stepping back and doing things healthier. It's just like eating, you know, now that we have the whole foods diet, none of us can eat packaged food without feeling lousy later. So it's just, it's really funny. Oh yeah, you can just feel the salt, can't you? The sodium (laughs) they put in things. It like sucks you dry. (laughs) That and you start puffing up. It's great. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I have a problem with that right now anyway. So... (laughs) We've been on a whole foods, complete whole foods diet for the last four years. And, you know, we were doing a little bit of both before, but wow, just such a difference, such a difference in your health, how you feel, um, just so much more energy. And I, I, I can't go back. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I have some regrets about, you know, the many, many years that my children were eating hamburger helper, (laughs) things like that, but you do it. You do what you can do, and the best thing is sharing it with people, you know. I mean, I I love the fact that I share it online, but talking to people that you know and saying, this is the change that's happening in my life that inspires people, and people want to be inspired. I mean, I've got a section on on my blog that's called Inspiring Homesteads. I try to do it every Friday if I can, and I talk to bloggers and then readers, and I ask them to share their stories about, how did you get into homesteading? What changes have you made where you live? And and those are the stories that people want to hear. They want to say, that person's just like me. Oh, yeah. If they can do it, why can't I? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I try to encourage that so much, too, because, you know, we all had to start somewhere. You know, we've been on the gluten-free and casing-free diet for over 10 years, and um you know, and we've had some processed foods, but little, and now just being able to, you know, so it's a progressive thing. And, and, and it's hard when you find out, you know, that you need to adjust diets like you did with your um, son and I did with mine. Um, But, 
you know, we all have to start somewhere. So you start slowly progressing into that diet. You start adjusting things. And I, I can only imagine you do the same thing I did um, with the diet. Uh, when my son found out he, that we, ha- you know, that we, when we found out that my son had to go on the gluten-free and casein-free diet, I was like, oh, great, you know, and I wanted to make sure that he had all the foods that he liked. So I was experimenting every day trying to perfect, you know, his favorite foods into a gluten-free version. And by, being that you said about the dyes, it sounds like you pretty much do the same thing. Definitely. I don't want him to feel like he's left out. I want him to experience everything that everybody else does. I mean, we've even worked on making candies and things like that. I'm actually, I'm lucky with him because he loves the idea of candy, but he actually doesn't really want it. I think it's just too sweet for him. He's not used to that. And so, you know, on Halloween, he'll go to every single house in the neighborhood and hoard this candy and have giant bags of it. And they get home, eat three pieces, and then kind of forgets that it exists, you know. And yeah. and I'm glad that he's that way. You know, I'm thankful that he's that way. My yeah. daughter's not that way, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I can only focus on one at a time with that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all different. And I was always grateful because my son liked um, the fact that I was experimental, and he didn't mind being the guinea pig because he knew that we were perfecting things. So it, and the other thing we're, we're doing is we're teaching them that, you know, you can improvise and you don't have to just stick with what they say you have to stick with. You can, you know, improvise, you can change things, you can make your own things. And, and they also see the benefits of making your own things. So now suddenly their diet is actually a better diet than (laughs) most of the people because, they don't have all the additives and preservatives and they don't have all the unhealthy stuff. So, you know, I think it's a good thing. Plus we're able to share all these recipes with everybody that's in the same boat as we are. Right. And actually I, I love how supportive my middle child is. My son, he, um, when he found out I was opening a store, he goes, Oh, you're making lotion bars just like you made me. And I said, yeah. And I told him I was making lip balms and things like that. And he goes, Oh, I would love to be one of your, have one of your lip balms. And I told him I'd, you know, pour an extra one for him, no problem. He goes, oh, no, I have to buy it from you after your store opens, you know. I want to be your first customer. So I actually have one set aside for Saturday. He's going to be my first official customer, and he is going to pay with his allowance for for the first lip balm. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. And, you know, look at the lessons we're teaching our children. You know, that, that's really cool. And, you know, what's also really cool is you've got a good cheerleader right there. You know, he sees the benefits of what you're doing and wants to be your first customer. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've got pretty good kids. My husband actually is the only one that has reservations about my experimenting on things, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly the best chef on earth, <laughs> and actually, I couldn't cook anything when we got married, and uh, I remember when I started bread making, the first few loaves that I made were so bad that even the dog wouldn't eat them, <laughs> so uh, whenever I'd announce, oh, and we're having bread with dinner, the, all the eyes would roll, like my husband would say, do you want me to go out and buy a loaf? <laughs> but, but you have progressed. I've improved. <laughs> I have. I've progressed. And actually, I've shared my secrets on bread making, those things that nobody tells you. They just assume that you know. Yeah. Um, 
apparently it's important that your yeast actually be good and not five years old. That helps. Yes. Yes, that is so true. And you know what? What's so sad is that is usually the first reason why people turn around and never make bread again and sadly don't know that it's not them. It's because of, you know, the product they're using. But yes, that is so important. So, so important. But it's something that's not announced very freely. So awesome for you. (laughs) That's the thing. There are so many things that were passed down through the generations that people just don't know anymore. I mean, I'm lucky to have a mom that gardens. Actually, at this point, she and I don't garden using the same techniques, but we can compare notes on things. But, I mean, there's less families eating real foods. There's less people growing their own foods and caring for livestock and things like that. So it's hard to find those resources that would have been second nature before. You have to experiment and figure it out and have a lot of trial and error and bread that's unedible and, (laughs) you know, figure it out as you go along. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, you will improve as you do these things. And that's the thing I want to always try to resonate to people is that, you know, you can't stop on the first try. You can't feel like a failure. You, you know, it's all part of progress and, and being able to progress and, and, perfect your skills is so important. So don't give up. If you're out there and you've had failed bread, try again and make sure you have fresh yeast and, and don't be afraid if it doesn't rise because there's a lot of things that uh, also play a role in that if it's uh, too hot, too cold. So, you know, just, you know, yes, our house, it's cold. It's cold and drafty. (laughs) Ours is hot and my bread rises really, really fast. Oftentimes if I don't catch it, it'll come globbing out of our pans. So our things rise really fast. So, you know, it, it, it all depends also where you are. Elevation can play a big role in things when you're making bread. So, you know, don't be afraid to experiment and don't, you know, you will learn that there are techniques that you're going to have to use for your area. So, and don't be afraid to ask questions because I know Jessica is the same way. Both of us are very open to your questions. If you need help with something, you know, that is, we both, I know I can, I can just feel it from Jessica that she's resonating the same thing um, that's a very big passion to me is being able to help other people. So don't hesitate. Oh, it really is. Yes. Yes. Don't hesitate in messaging it's, us. <laughs> yes. I love, love answering people's questions. And even more than that, I love hearing back that things worked. I mean, that just makes me feel so good. And <laughs> it makes those long days where I'm trying to blog with a toddler hanging on me worth it because <laughs> I taught somebody something and I empowered them. And yeah. that is just the most wonderful feeling to be able to have somebody come back and say, I did this and it worked and it was great and I'm so happy and it makes me feel great to be able to help people. So, I mean, that's really, that's where my goal is now is reaching out and getting in touch with as many people as I can and say, hey, you can do this. I mean, I'm not exactly the poster child of a homesteader between where I live and the, the type of person I am and I'm a busy mom and all these different things and yet I'm figuring it out and I'm figuring out ways that works for me and I want to teach other people how to do that. Absolutely. And you just said the key thing there because I know you just reached a whole bunch of my audience who wants to do this but thinks they have to be that perfect poster child. None of us are perfect and if you guys only knew all the different hiccups we run into, you know, I specify that to my audience a lot. You know, we are not perfect. We are just sharing what we know. And, and trust me, if you could see us chasing, you know, goats around our yard and uh, the different <laughs> things that go on, you know, we are, we are not perfect. But 
don't be afraid to embrace it. The other thing you said too is where you live. You know, I keep resonating that and expressing that to to people is that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. You can come up with some form of an adjusted way of homesteading wherever you are, even if you're in the city and putting, you know, your flower pots out on your balcony to grow vegetables, you know, whatever it takes, you know, embrace it as you can and how it works for you. But that's so true. And there's so many other people out there, Jessica, that have a toddler on their hip and they're trying to figure it out. So that could not have been a better statement. <laughs> well, that actually, that is the catchphrase of my website is teaching you to homestead where you live. Yeah. Because I thought I needed, you know, one acre, two acres, three to be able to do these things. And um, I figured out a way around it. You know, I, I found loopholes in our legal system for keeping my birds. Um, <laughs> actually, it's, it's kind of a funny story. Um, to the left of my house is concerned farmland, and I'm allowed to have eight birds on that side of the property. <laughs> and then where my house sits is residential, and I'm allowed to have three. And I happen to be friends with the code enforcement officer, but she stopped by the other day and asked how many birds I had. And I said, well, I have eight out on the farmland, and I have three in the house, but they're just out for a walk. <laughs> and I told her they were house chickens. <laughs> so... That's funny because you know what? I was just thinking that and wondering since you said you don't have a lot of acreage and you said about the village, I wondered if you ran into any struggles because that does tend to be a struggle in the towns as far as having livestock and birds and that type of thing. It depends on the regulations, but you can always fight them. You know, if there's enough of you that are interested in having birds in your area and different animals in your area, you know, you can go to the boards and you can fight that and push for that because. If if that's what you guys want to do, it's your property, and to be able to be self-reliant that way is huge, but that is funny, Jessica. <laughs> but it is true. A lot of people, I think, accept what it is that they're told. Yeah. You know, they're told, oh, well, you live here, you can't, and stuff, and that's not true. I mean, we're... We're all about voicing our opinions and, and voting. I mean, yep. if you if you want to make change, you have to actually take the steps to do it. And it's really not that hard. I mean, yep. yes, you might not be able to have a rooster, but I bet you if you approach them in the right way, you might be able to get a couple hens, you know, or yep. take those baby steps in the right direction. Yep, and, and it's going to take stepping out of your comfort zone maybe to do that, but think about the change that you could um, – bring into your community, you know, so, and I'm sure if you check around, you're not alone. It's just everybody else is taking the, you know, the, the rules as they are and accepting them also. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to make a difference. Yes, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Great advice. Great advice. But we are running out of time and, um, I just want to thank you, Jessica, for joining me. This has been so awesome. I'm so grateful that you were willing to share all this information with my audience. Oh, thank you. I had a great time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And again, everyone, you will be able to find all of Jessica's information in the show notes. And for those of you that are on the fly, uh, you can uh, always check back at treyerwilderness.com slash 104homestead. And um, again, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can always reach me at survive at treyerwilderness.com. I love hearing from you. And um, I encourage you to check out our website at treyerwilderness.com. We have a lot of information, and, um, and uh, we look forward to having you join us. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at treyerwilderness.com slash newsletter. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. And until next week's show, you guys take care, and God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at treyerwilderness.com. 
and be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you.